0: Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Rev It Up podcast. We are super excited to have Jason and Lynette here. Uh, Jason is a hypnotic influence expert who helps entrepreneurs and business owners to close more premium sales. As a certified professional hypnotist, Jason has dedicated nearly two decades to helping clients harness the science of positive persuasion uh, strategies to quickly and easily rewrite negative thought patterns. He reveals the secret of hypnotic communication and shares specific business influence systems. They will help you supercharge your business growth. And with that, I'd like you to welcome Jason to the show today.
1: Hey, so good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So Jason, um, um, before I get too far into it, um, where do people find you online so they can you know get in touch if they need if they have questions for you?
1: Oh, yeah, thanks for asking that right out of the gate. I'd point to two places, really easy to track me down. I do a podcast called Hypnotic Language Hacks. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find me and subscribe there. And then the website is jasonlanette.com and you'll love this. I own all the misspellings. So uh, do your best. They all redirect to the right place. But if you're curious, Jason Lynette, L-I-N-E-T-T dot com. Uh, when you're there, though, click the tab at the top for business influence systems. There's a free on-demand webinar that teaches you some of the cool language patterns that we're going to talk about, I'm sure, here today.
0: Fantastic. And so now I have to admit, I'm, I'm a bit of a I don't know if this is a, a word that I just made up now, but hypnophobe. <laughs> the idea of hypnosis is just a little bit scary for me. I'm okay with like, a, you know, a brain surgeon going in there, but for some reason, a thought surgeon, I'm having trouble with it. So could you tell us a little bit about that process and, and and maybe it's not as scary as I think
1: it is. I like that term, hypnophobe. I've heard before hypno virgin all the way to hypno junkie. <laughs> and you've just expanded my vernacular here. When we, when we talk about hypnosis, we can actually break the process down to a very simple explanation And we refer to it as that bypassing of that critical awareness of the mind in spite of that conscious awareness. So let's simplify that though. Easiest example, you could be driving in your car, you could be thinking of everything other than driving your car, and you still end up where you would like to go. You could be watching a movie and you know everything up there is fiction. It's basically actors dressing up and pretending. And we know it's fake, and yet we get swept up into the experience. Now on a personal change perspective, Let's take the same metaphor and apply it over. I work a lot with people who are business owners who have issues with public speaking. And maybe here's the person who knows that their business can change people's lives. They have success stories already, yet put them in front of a crowd. And in spite of that conscious awareness, they're shaking, they're nervous, they're anxious. This applies even over to like personal change, where here's the person who's got this emotion that they know isn't hunger, but they're eating in response to it. So we kind of begin that conversation with that disconnect, where my job with hypnosis in terms of personal change is to create that better alignment between thoughts and actions. Now, the update to this is that the same methods that I spent over the last dozen or so years professionally helping clients one-to-one, we've tapped into how to actually now share those with business owners and entrepreneurs to let their communication become even more hypnotic, even more influential. To have people wanting more from you even before you make that offer
0: okay wow so basically you're kind of just uh i don't know massaging the narrative a little bit to fit the goals well, i think
1: there's a there's a funny story and it's a personal change one that is my favorite illustration of this that the map of the process someone was coming into the office back in the day for a personal change and this guy was coming in there's a long history in terms of hypnosis helping people to quit smoking. Briefly, uh, you rewind the story back three or 400 years ago, you had people like Franz Anton Mesmer, someone being mesmerized or mesmerism. Uh, Mesmer was a medical doctor who was performing surgeries without anesthesia. Mm. For a really good reason, chemical anesthesia wasn't yet really invented. So by way of hypnotic suggestion, to say it simply, he was helping the person feel much more comfort during that procedure. So the guy came in, we talked about his history in terms of the smoking habit, We talked about what he would like to achieve now that he's going to be free of it. And I briefly explained, here's what hypnosis is. Here's what it isn't. Now, right as we were about to begin, this is where I go off of your phrase of massaging the information. Suddenly the tone in the room shifted. He points his finger at me and he goes, yeah, but you're just going to persuade me today. And this was the moment I'd been taking notes throughout our conversation. I held it up and just went, yeah, and you've told me everything I need to know to make that happen. I'm gonna take your words and feed them back in such a way that this time the message actually sticks. And I've kept up with this guy, it's now been about seven or eight years, hasn't smoked since. Cool. So it's all about language. It's all about stacking that influence and putting the right words in the right order to move towards that mutually desired outcome. Okay. Can,
0: can you explain kind of how the, the whole brain thing works? Like why, that, why the connections like that work?
1: Yeah, so we often talk in terms of it, again, let's throw a little bit of an update into this. I'm going to use the word metaphor. We talk in the metaphorical model of conscious or unconscious mind, which I say metaphor because, well, point to your conscious mind, point to your subconscious mind. These are theoretical concepts, which my best description as that is give us another 100 years, we'll have more up-to-date terms. We would often talk about the conscious mind as everything rational, analytical. We'd also throw willpower into that that it's only as good as really that burst of adrenaline. Now, if we talk about the metaphorical structure of the subconscious mind, now we're talking about habits, behaviors, and specifically as we talk about business, emotions. So this is where so often there's all this work around people make decisions emotionally. And then what happens is they then connect into their mind and come up with logic and reason after the fact to ratify the emotional decisions that they've made. So as soon as we have this knowledge, now the, the disclaimer to everything I share is that we're always, again, moving towards that ethical mutual outcome. As long as it's a fit, let's keep the sales processes going. If it's not a fit, then we find the polite way to exit out or make another recommendation for that specific person. So this is where we can start to point that language to the emotional triggers as to why that person reached out to us in the first place to recognize and the process of influence the way that I teach it begins with that step one of that emotional intelligence, how we carry ourselves, how we respond to the world around us. It's only then to the second phase that we talk about calibration. How is it that we now can build that dynamic bond between us and other people? And as much as I'm the guy with the podcast, hypnotic language hacks, It's not until the third phase that we then get into specific hypnotic words and patterns. These are the influential language patterns that if we feed the right ones in at the right time, we can get a better result. And then to bring it all home, the fourth step is then of applications. So now if we're gonna talk about high ticket closing over a phone call or a Zoom session, if we're gonna talk about writing for a website or for an email, if we're gonna talk about whatever kind of promotion how do we take these principles and actually feed that into the sales process so we can create more predictable results throughout that journey?
0: Okay. Wow. That, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing that you can... Um you know, take words and, and mold them in a way that affects the person's psyche. And and I realize that that's kind of how we our brain works anyway, right? Because any intake we have we kind of process it and then we make determinations and that kind of determines our how we act, right? I Which guess right
1: there, right there what you said is really the key to a lot of this because some people would ask, well isn't that persuasion? Isn't that influence? And the answer is, well yeah. <laughs> but then again, all communication is influential. All communication is persuasive. The even moment of going to my wife and suggesting, hey, we've got this in the fridge. How about we make that for dinner tonight? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, we're both out at the moment and we're with the kids. Let's pick something up on the way home. Simply making the suggestion of takeout or, hey, you're out. Could you swing by the grocery store? Simple, everyday communication. So this is the principle beneath all of this. You cannot not communicate. You cannot not influence so if we're going to be influencing let's do it effectively let's do it uh, ethically and let's do it intentionally as well mm.
0: I, I like that point uh, of how you uh, the, especially the ethically e- ethical part i'm always concerned that you know uh, when i hear about that is like you know you, your wife's gonna say pick up some artichokes you know at the grocery store and all of a sudden <laughs> you're gonna start clucking like a chicken right that's what you see on tv
1: Well, you know, one out of 10, maybe for that. (laughs) No, but looking at that example of the ethics, that's how we remember the sequence of this. Emotional intelligence first, calibration second. And this is where this is not the game of giving you a few objection crushers and closing strategies. It's instead, it has to begin with that calibration to be asking the right questions at the right time to get that other person opening up and sharing what their specific goals are, which is where now as I'm actively listening, if what my service is, if what I provide is a match for that, then I've got the full ethical permission to then make that offer. And even for some of the audience out there who might be timid around sales, when you're hearing how what your product or service does aligns with what they're looking for, this changes that mental dynamic I've found for a lot of the people in my program where now, How dare I not make this offer? Everything is always coming from the perspective of, let me help you to do that thing faster and easier. You want to achieve this in your, you know, I've worked with contractors at times. You could go off and figure out how to build that thing in your house yourself. Hiring him, hiring her would help you to do that faster and easier. Whether it's sales writing and marketing, you can go off and read all the books and do all the workshopping and testing over the years. But then again, it'd be faster and easier to hire someone who can help you with that. So this is where I had a, you know, experience a couple of weeks ago where within two minutes on the phone call, clearly what they needed was a graphic designer. They had a fully built out business and just simply put their website looked to be about 15 years old. It was due for a bit of a facelift, due for a little bit of an upgrade and business was going great. Just, they were sort of seeing some drop off because they were so dated in terms of their technology to which I just had to say, Hey, look, here's who just redesigned my website. Do you want her information? (laughs) that there wasn't the need for what I do. So when we have that calibration opened up, then we see where that specific need is. If we can serve it full steam ahead, if not, thank you so much. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm the right resource for you. Gotcha.
0: That's a, that's a great point, you know, and again, that gets back to the ethical piece, but um, um, solving the problem. if, If they don't need your service, don't offer it to them. That's, you know, it seems, you know, uh pretty uh, obvious there so um but uh but I like that uh you pointed her to the graphic designer cuz you know that's like you know me you come in and say well I want to be a brain surgeon now starting tomorrow well it's not going to you know it's better to just go hire somebody that already knows how to do it than try to reprogram
1: me <laughs> yeah just don't look for the brain surgeon on craigslist
0: yes yeah <laughs> very cool <laughs> so um so this is a very important question here of course do you have a pocket watch because all the guys on tv have a pocket watch
1: (laughs) well that's worth talking about for a moment and it's a cool way to kind of look at the bigger picture lesson that comes out of this answer which is that we often find ourselves in our businesses let's say standing on tradition this is what we've always done therefore this is how we're going to do it and at any point in our business journey play the game of, I describe it as Jenga, the board game. Mm -hmm. You know, If I pull out this tile, if I pull out that peg, does it stay standing? Okay, so maybe I don't need that piece there anymore. Mm. There was a whole mechanism at one point where I had clients reach out and they would schedule a consultation. And then I'd get on the phone with them. And I realized I was getting ready to do a sales process with someone who had already made the decision. They wanted to work with me. So all we did was go, let's do one more extra thing. This is easy now in the digital age. What if we put like a upsell option? Now that you're scheduled, many people at this point are already ready to jump in. If that's the case, click here. You can pay your deposit and get the different scheduling link just to schedule time to actually work with Jason. Mm -hmm. So again, breaking the tradition. I bring this up when you mentioned pocket watch uh, because the history behind that, the nature of your eyes. Your eyes are a muscle, a series of organs that are meant to kind of dart around. They're meant to move. That's how the ancient hunter gatherers uh, were still around and why you and I still exist after all these years, (laughs) because the ability to kind of let the eyes move around. So the old school thinking was that you used to have to trick someone into closing their eyes to begin the process of hypnosis, which I have to throw in the most useless anecdote around this. There's a popular method in the hypnotic profession, in the older textbooks called the Dr. Flowers Hypnotic Induction. And the useless anecdote is around the world, there were hypnotists who thought, oh, there was this doctor named Flowers. He was really effective. When no, no, there was a doctor who had his patients look at Flowers. Oh no. This trivia you will never need. But <laughs> it relates to the pocket watch, which everyone think about this logically for a moment. If you ask somebody to stare at an object without blinking, your eyes would naturally feel fatigued, right? Yeah. So what would the old school practitioner say? Your eyes are getting sleepy. Yeah, because they physically are already. <laughs> right. And then as it was swaying back and forth, there was that movement. There was that sort of sensation to that and feel them wanting to close, which, yeah, because that's how your eyes work anyway. <laughs> I bring this up because it's the 1930s. That's the 1940s. And there was a practitioner at the time uh, who has a much longer history. We could get into here, but it's really long. But he was revolutionary for one reason. He looked at his, he was a stage hypnotist back in the vaudeville days. He looked at his volunteers and simply said, close your eyes. And he cut 15 minutes in the props out of the work. Which again, there's a really cool business lesson that comes out of that. How much of what we're doing, we look at that old 80-20 principle, Mm. how much are we doing because that's what we've always done? What happens if we remove one component of the business and trends change over time, of course, but what happens when we start to just play with the systems, test what's happening, and even if here's, let's say, an automated campaign for bringing in new clients or bringing in new product sales, if it's working, to play the game of what happens if we change this up? Maybe the sales go up, maybe they go dramatically down. You revert it back to what it was before, right. but start to look for those places where maybe you are standing on tradition and it's time to cut away some of that fat, cut away some of what just doesn't have to be there anymore. Mm.
0: It's kind of like in digital so marketing. No, I'm oh, sorry, what was it?
1: So no, I don't have a watch and watch. Oh. short. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Um, yeah, I was saying say, uh, we use A/B testing in a lot of marketing stuff where we, you know, try this, try that. You know, kind of like the Jenga thing you used to just described. So right, that's pretty uh, interesting.
1: Um, Which we can put A/B testing into that category of calibration. I see too many people who try to mind read their audience and they try to assume this is the one thing that's going to work the best. And anything we can use, whatever platform can do that style of A/B testing, that's what's going to really inform us. Where I've had moments where here is the beautiful graphic design. Here's the video we spent all sorts of money to produce. And it was met with crickets. Here was the ugly ad that was just a photo of a testimonial and the phone kept ringing. So let your audience, again, calibration, let the audience inform you what they're looking for. That's what's going to best inform your marketing. Hey everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company
0: find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on five steps to profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. Very good. Very good. And um, so... Could you tell us like one uh, one success story you've had with a business owner that uh, that really just might help us to see the big picture?
1: Yeah, I'll share a specific story. And let me actually teach the formula that's inside of this story, which would be that we all love the situation of under-promise, over-deliver. Yep. When we buy something or we invest in something and it gives us so much more than what we were expecting, I love to, I put the word systems towards as much as I can, because if we can break down the system, if we can find the code inside of something, then we can easily duplicate that system. So under promise over deliver, here's how. If you sell people what they want and in the process of delivering what they want, give them what they need. There's the formula right there for under promise over deliver. Now there's the foundation for this linguistic pattern which doesn't have a fancy name, but the mathematical thing I'm about to share explains itself. It's not just about X, though we are going to X. It's also about Y so that you can Z. And this is a pattern that sets the buyer up for that under promise over deliver. And also what I found with this pattern is it helps people to stand out in a crowded marketplace. So the story that comes to mind, and suddenly I had three people in one week call for the same issue. And this one guy had the right idea, though. They were all credit repair specialists. You've missed a payment on a credit card. Uh, you've moved and some bill doesn't transfer over. And your fault or not, whatever reason, your credit score has dropped because something was missed. And there are companies you can hire. Again, you can do it on your own, but it's faster and easier to hire the professional. There are companies you can hire that basically you sign a waiver Uh, sort of a, you know, license rights that someone else can reach out on your behalf. They go off, they talk to the creditors, they get the score fixed. Standard service. One of the guys I spoke to, he goes, I've discovered a problem with my service. People keep coming back. Which in most businesses is a good issue. In his line of work, it meant he wasn't fixing anything. Let's give the negative paraphrase. They got into trouble with their credit. He fixed it, but really he only put a Band-Aid on the issue because they got into trouble again and came right back. To give this guy credit, he went off and did all sorts of coaching training. And what he was looking to do originally was to go, now that I've worked with them as the credit repair specialist, how do I now upsell them coaching? And the solution was, rather than wait and offer it later, let's embed it at the beginning of the process. So now the equation became everyone else was just gonna fix your credit. He was gonna create a solution. Remember the pattern from before. It's not just about X, though we are going to X. It's also about Y so that you can Z. Here's what we scripted for him. It's not just about repairing your credit, though we are going to repair your credit. It's also about changing your emotional mind connection to money so that you never need a service like mine ever again. As soon as he landed that statement at the right time in that sales conversation, again, everyone else was a commodity. And even better, yes, his rates were significantly higher in addition to the fact that here is this ongoing coaching. But now what happened was he had changed the parameters. He had changed the filters as to how someone was shopping for that issue. And ethically speaking, they couldn't go back to the other option of, yeah, let me just throw 150 bucks at this person and they'll fix it because they're realizing that's not the real issue in the first place. To to round this out, here's another example. I worked with a contractor at one point that people were shopping based on just the numbers. And as soon as he could connect again, people make decisions based on the emotions. It's not just about renovating a space in your backyard, though we are going to renovate a space in your backyard. It's about designing that entertainment space so that your family can build traditions and have the opportunity to connect even better throughout this pandemic. Mm. So he was building outdoor entertainment spaces, grills and different sort of built-in seating and different sort of uh, stonework as well. Everyone else from that point forward was a commodity. He understood why they had called him in the first place. He connected himself appropriately to the emotions. So that pattern again, it's not just about X, though we are going to X, it's also about Y so that you can Z. So uh, while we're at it, it's not just about giving you a few clever hypnotic language patterns, though I am going to give you a few clever hypnotic language patterns. It's about understanding the emotional mind connection journey that your buyer is potentially going through so that you can design the sales process to best fit their goals so they're ready to buy before you even make the offer.
0: Wow, that's powerful. It's, it, it really gets down to that big picture and then how that makes you feel, not the bricks that get you there.
1: Right, exactly. Otherwise, again, they were shopping based on this price versus that price. When he goes, the end result was he goes, my clients used to kind of nitpick the contracts Mm. the same way that we were talking to a contractor a while ago, we're in the process of uh, selling our home and had to replace something in the home. And and I'm gonna use this drywall because it's a better quality. And we just responded, okay. And he paused and he goes, wait, what? Because usually people want to haggle that i'm like well you said it was a good quality and there's a reason why we hired you because we can the same person many years ago um, had to replace a bathtub and the experience was do you want this do you want this I'm like just make it look the same just make it not leak in our kitchen table down below <laughs> it's like thank you for not again you know going through and kind of micro tasking the job it's like well we hired you because there was that trust there and again by reverse engineering a sales process this is what we naturally do anyway. I just help people to do it on purpose.
0: Mm, okay. That's powerful. So, um, so you mentioned trust just a second ago in the, sale, so in the sales process. How, how would you recommend somebody gain trust if it's like a first time call, you know, for, where they don't have they haven't previously researched the company? Um, how do you kind of use your skills to kind of uh, create that trust right away?
1: Yeah. So let's start with a simple metaphor. And I think we were chatting before we jumped on about having, you've got kids, I've got kids. And we've had the moment I'm sure of having to say to them, you've got two ears and a mouth. Sometimes it should be proportionate. (laughs) (laughs) I meet too many people in business who think it's again about crafting the right words at the right time, snappy answers to the different uh, questions that would arise. One of the best things you could often do and I'll give you a cheat sheet to to make this easier and a little bit of a cheat code for this, is that to ask a question and get ready for this revolutionary response, actually listen to the answer. Now, the formula inside of this could be, hey, before we get started, you know, we probably are aware that my service typically includes X, Y, and Z. Though I'm curious to have these benefits for your business, what kind of changes would you like that to create for you? Mm -hmm. And the power of this is by making the ambiguous statement, the ambiguous question, what kind of changes would you like that to create? So the opposite of this was um, I got a phone call the other day and someone knew that I used a specific piece of automation software. And the sales pitch was right out of the gate. Hey, I see you use this software. I offer something that's less expensive and less confusing. Would you like to buy it? And that really was the statement. I'm like, well, one, I don't know who the heck you are. And two, based on what that software produces for my business, it's extremely cheap by comparison. And third, I've heard the characterization that people called it confusing. I think it's one of the easiest things I've ever used. But then again, I pay someone else to program stuff for me. Do you see why you're not going to make the sale today? And became a really cool conversation because we actually had a few moments to say, hey, I got a few minutes. Let's talk about this and not for bragging rights, he joined my program at the end of the call, but but to actually listen to that person and hear what their criteria is. So the ultimate rapport that you can possibly build, just to put a terminology to this, is what we refer to as just simply strategy feedback. Mm. So I've asked you, what are the outcomes you'd like to create? And the more that I can blend that into our conversation, the more I can match that up to go, hey, that reminds me of this person who I worked with, this was what their issue was, this is what the result w- w- was at the end of that. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Mm. So by matching the process to that person in front of you, which the only way we can do that, to just to oversimplify communication here, we're either gathering information or we're putting information to use. It often means we need to spend more time in that information gathering phase. And there's some simple ways of asking these questions to get people to open up and feed us all their criteria.
0: Mm. Um, so, so when you ask these questions and then you, um, how, how do you know how to craft them back into the sales process? That seems like there must be some special, uh, formula you have for that or something.
1: Okay. So I poked fun of a thing a moment ago by saying this technique doesn't have a name. What I'm about to share with you has a name. I call (laughs) it the chunky Jedi. Okay. because that just sounds so good. Chunky Jedi. Mm, It's the new Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um, the principle (laughs) is this, and I'll give you the thumbnail sketch of this first. In asking questions, when people speak, they often speak in surface structure language. We want to increase our revenue. We want to have more sales. And to take that at the surface structure, we have no idea what that means yet. And to give a correlation for personal change, if you walked into a room and asked 100 people, how do you feel? 100 people could respond, I feel anxious, which step number one means you're in the wrong damn room. But to take that statement of I feel anxious, that doesn't mean anything yet. Until we then what we call chunk down and get into the specifics. Mm. When you say anxious, what does that mean for you? Now, by asking that follow-up question, you could get a hundred different responses Mm. in terms of the subjective experience of an anxious feeling for for those hundred people, which even without this becoming a hypnosis and hypnotherapy certification program, if someone says, it feels like this weight is kind of pressing down on my chest Mm-hmm. You can imagine how the hypnotherapeutic work might be clients and hypnosis and simply visualization and imagery. And now imagine as if you can feel that weight lifting away, getting lighter and lighter, like a balloon filling up with air floating. Mm-hmm. So they've given us the map into the problem, which gives us the map out of the problem. So chunking down, we want to increase our revenue. Well, what specifically do you mean by that? That's a chunking down question mm-hmm. to chunk up is to go into value based statements. So the easiest way to do this, to chunk down, what specifically do you mean by that? To chunk up to a value-based statement, the question can often become, what's that going to give you? And to feed back everything we've received along the way, to have that greater revenue, what's that going to give you? Oh, you know, just more peace of mind. Well, yeah, but to have that peace of mind, I think I know what what it means when I hear that, but I'd love to hear it in your words. That way I can best help you today. When you say peace of mind, what does that mean for you? Oh, you know, just better financial security. Okay, well, just so I'm sure I've got this right, when you say financial security, what does that mean to you? And what usually happens here is the person will pause and kind of often revert into a story or something personal. And here's a exchange I had a little while ago. He said, financial security, what does that mean for you? And suddenly there was that sort of pregnant pause. And he responds, you know, growing up, It's not that we were poor, but I can remember there's a lot of things that we didn't do. Mm. And now that my business is successful, I need to have better ways to keep that momentum going. And I scrapped my way through college. I worked a whole bunch of jobs. And I want my kids to learn a good work ethic through college. But I'd love them to have the safety net that they didn't have to deal with all the loans like I did. Mm. So by keeping this going, I can better prepare my family and just have that peace of mind that whatever happens, they're taken care of which, um, wow, which here's the chunky Jedi moment. You allow another pause and just simply drop the statement. And that's why you called me today, isn't it? Or, and that's why we're having this conversation today, Mm. right? And they're already nodding exactly as you are right now. (laughs) And the simple pivot at that point becomes, so the way that we can work together is we start with a plan of this many appointments. I'm going to give you this digital library, which let me show you inside. The investment is this. And I love the moments. I've got a good friend who I love his closing statement. People love closing lines. This is his. So what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Non-salesy, non-pushy, very organic. But it's because, again, we've hit the right points in that conversation that now they see the value. Now we're ready to move that relationship forward.
0: Wow. That's, that's powerful stuff you gave right there. Wow. That's, that's, that's money right there for a lot of people.
1: And that's why I'm on this podcast today, isn't it?
0: It is. Yes,
1: it is. See how we did that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. It's encouraging having fun with this. Let it become a game to realize, again, so much of our language. There, there's a quick story to this years ago that a friend of mine went to someone else's workshop and the whole thing was she goes, yeah, but I haven't had time to practice it. And I got to respond. Everything we're doing here is based upon effective communication, So again, back to the influence statement from before, if we're always going to be communicating, let's always communicate towards the desired outcome. If we're always going to be influencing, let's do it appropriately.
0: Wow. There's so much value here right now. Um, So my next question was going to be uh, talking about uh, revenue, how to get your revenue up, but you already went and told me the whole answer. So because uh, this <laughs> this is the Revit Up, Revit up Revenue podcast. So uh, so you already jumped and jumped answered my next question. So,
1: Well, I, I share a personal thing here, which is this is something, this is a dynamic change that I made in my business a number of years ago, which is the magic of, let's just call it a hybrid approach mm. where the benefit now becomes, I can better maximize my time and the time of my clients, my students, whomever I work with, where now whatever category someone ends up working with me in, because we're in the modern digital age, the question of what are those things that I do consistently? What are those things that I may do with everybody? There's a principle of influence here called that if you explain something in advance, it's education. If you explain something after the fact, no matter how well you do it, part of the brain hears it as an excuse. Mm -hmm. So the better we can onboard our clients, our students, our whomever we end up working with, is where we can start to educate them even further. The benefit becomes in terms of time management, that's now something I don't have to do. Mm. Even people who work with me one-to-one inside of a consulting process, I I tell them in advance, I'm gonna give you the digital program and have you be a part of that community as we're working together. Because respectfully, you don't want to pay me to teach you the step-by-steps of things that I can give you a video of. Mm. Here's why. If it's examples of coming up with scripting for videos to let them become more influential, watch the training material. And then between now and the next time we meet, script out a bunch of examples. This way, as we connect on the actual consulting call, we can do that punch up work. We can get even more specific. And this is a formula that I've seen time and time again, work for nearly every business. Even the contractor, I told the story of before, There's a whole set of instructions he used to get on the phone and explain. And what he did at one of the last calls that he went to was he just pulled out his smartphone and walked around and just kind of narrated to go, okay, so if you've got the water set up over here, make sure the actual uh, faucet is undone and go ahead and unravel that. That way that's out of the way. He made that set of instructions once. Now that's an asset that he gives, even to the point, the, the biggest lesson I ever learned from this was that I had uh, LASIK eye surgery done about maybe seven, eight years ago. Mm. And there was an amazing lesson that came out of the story. And I went, I have to do that in my business now. First of all, there was some really cool production to this. The, uh, they tell me, we're gonna have you sit in this room and watch a quick movie that explains the entire procedure. Then the doctor will come in and talk to you about it. So they put me in this room and I'm watching this video, which production value, as the doctor's face is fading out, In the same exact spot on the screen, you know, an astronaut is fading in, talking about how the LASIK changed his life. Then it shows people playing with their kids, shows people swimming and sports. And here comes that movie star we would all recognize. And as she fades away, the doctor's there as well in the exact same spot on the screen. I swear to you, the doctor must have been standing the other side of the door with like his ear up against it. Because as soon as the video faded out, the music faded away, the door opens, he walks in, arm extended, going for a handshake. Jason, so good to meet you today. And true story, all I could respond was, oh, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) So look at the ways that again, we can add even more value. And there's some out there who would hear this and go, no, 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 my people need the personal touch we can provide a better quality of service to our clients, our students, our people that we work with, even our staff at times, by again, thinking of this onboarding mindset. If it's explained in advanced, it's education, if it's explained after the fact, and the the fun equation of this as a business owner becomes, as we're providing more value, it becomes even easier to then ask that bigger value in return.
0: Wow. Great, great information. Um, So, So, it's kind of gets down to um, you know what you said earlier about you could do this yourself, but it's going to take you a long time. And, you know, it's that graphic designer again, do you want to spend, you know, 10 years reprogramming your brain or do you want to go see Jason and have him fix yet? You? you know, I just don't know if fix is the right word, but he's going to uh, you know, rapidly uh help you with your brain brain patterns and that's it's uh i think that's powerful how how i came in thinking wow it's you know the the thing i saw on tv one time you know and and really it's really um more powerful more um i don't know if intimate's the right word but it changes your brain you know changes how you think um naturally you know just through words
1: Yeah. And I mean, to tell the sort of backstory to this was that in, uh, you know, in helping professions to talking to like massage therapists and even other hypnotists or even counselors and therapists, the, the aspects of running a business came very natural to me early on. So that's where those communities were reaching out and going, can you show us how you're running your business? So I started to teach those communities. Here's how I was doing client acquisition. If I was doing videos for a website. Here was the thought process behind the scripting of what I said in terms of an outline. We're not just reading a verbatim script, but here's the thought process. So by the time I make the offer, they're already wanting it. The happy accident was that a number of clients in terms of personal change were reaching out. And here's the one again for public speaking. And it's the second time we met. This is back when it was in person. Second time we met and she comes in with like a little binder. And I'm like, what's that? She goes, it's my presentation, could you look at it? I'm like, okay. She goes, well, I saw that video of you at that conference in Vegas, where you were talking about scripting the opening of your presentation so people actually stay. I'm like, oh, that, oh, okay. And we suddenly started doing this work in terms of this story's great, but instead of telling it in the past, bring them into the experience, open with the story to sweep them in and draw them in. Here's how we can onboard the expectation and this is where, again, you ask the question of revving up the income goes back to something we've already talked about. Listen to your audience. Mm. They're going to tell you exactly what they need, which is where in recent years, making that pivot to not just working with people one-to-one in terms of personal change, but instead, how do we level up that influence and get the messaging right so that audience is dialed in? Nice. Man, that's, that's good, good. Well, Jason, um, could you, um, like go, again, go
0: back to where we were at the beginning and just let people know, you know, where to find you um, to reach out? Um, um, I know I could talk to you, ask you another 150 questions, but uh, <laughs> um, but it's just been amazing what uh, you've shared with us so far. So, yeah, if you could just remind them more to find you.
1: Yeah, and thanks again for that opportunity. I'd mention, if you want to hear more like this, I do the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. Anywhere you can find podcasts, do a search, it'll pop up right away. Head over to Jason Lynette. Dot com. Again, don't worry about the spelling. It'll just redirect to the right place. But once you're there, though, let me point one specific place once again. On JasonLinette.com, click the tab at the top for business influence systems. That'll give you access to an on-demand webinar, which will teach you what I call the video influence system. Seven simple steps to follow every time you go on camera, whether it's a Facebook Live or a static page video for a website, to again, have a formula to deliver that influence and have that audience wanting more. Again, you can grab that at jasonlynette.com
0: oh fantastic well uh, well thanks again um hey uh everybody uh, i know you got a ton out of this just like i did and um just um, um yeah i just can't say enough how, how appreciative i am to have you here jason and um anyway uh make sure you like subscribe on the next episodes and uh, we'll see you at the next show thanks again